December 3rd, 2011. It's a Watt from Pedro's show.
Watt from Pedro Show, sunny Saturday morning here in my town, but I'm going to be flying in a few hours up to SF. I was supposed to do the show yesterday. Well, there was a lot of supposed to. We are going to have uh, guest Nicole Panner, uh, but that's going to be next week because of uh, timing Misschedules on that. Uh, that's why Brother Matt's not with me either. He was, uh, well, I was supposed to be with him yesterday, uh, but he got to go to a Pirates baseball game, you know, which is uh, San Pedro Pirates, not Pittsburgh. And so, well, comedy errors, I guess, with the timing thing. So, what is man alone here? I should tell you that uh, we started off today's show with Blues to Elvin from John Coltrane, which is uh, very uh, significant because uh, in hour two of the show today, we're going to have a Q&A from Elvin like uh, 10 years ago in Ravenna, Italy, that uh, Fratello Andrea from uh, El Sonio de Mainaio trio with uh, Stefano Pali I share. Uh, turned me on to this. He went to this workshop that Elvin had, so we'd be playing that. And then we heard uh, Affecta by Sawako. Uh, yeah, so uh, I wanted to do a show, and uh, I got a little time, so why not? It'll be mostly music, not a lot of spiel, because uh, Man Alone uh, 
seems to stumble over his words and uh, yeah, stumble bum, and not a very uh, together. <laughs> sometimes in my monologue mode, although I get that way sometimes. Trying to do uh, dialogue, I gotta work on that. Uh, I'm gonna play for you something now. Uh, this band opened up for uh, me and my missing men in Glasgow, October. Uh, great band called uh, Gummy Stumps uh, from that town. This is about spiders, about spiders. Spiders. As a child, my mother would summon me whenever there was a spider in the bathroom. It was my duty to kill it with a rolled up copy of Woman's Day in my right hand. My sister standing in the hallway, peering over my shoulder, with my mother screaming as my first attack didn't hit. The little gray monster scurried down the wall, past a mirror where my killer reflection reflected in my killer face. Hopping onto the soap dish, my father's razor, and finally finding safety on my mother's toothbrush, which sent her into higher hysterics than she was already at, and swat! 
dead spider on my mother's brand new soft bristle, flex handle, stocking stuffer toothbrush. And I remember the joy of picking up the dead spider by one of its remaining legs and chasing my sisters around the room, threatening to make them eat it. As my mother chased me from room to room, trying to hit the dead spider out of my hand with a dirty green dust broom. How quickly the tables could turn. The savior is sent away. The angels have fallen from the sky to be treated like a degenerate leper, peeping Tom pushed back down into the alley below. And I always regretted killing those spiders. As I later learned from Mr. Giordano, that spiders are our friends. Unless, of course, you're camping in the Mojave Desert and wake up with one on your forehead. Otherwise, the arachnid family is constantly catching mosquitoes, stopping flies from flying, keeping our precious blue veins and our very own precious hearts, and reminding us, reminding us to redecorate every once in a while. How hard can it be to put up some curtains, paint the kitchen, hang some pictures? When the spider abandons his house and builds a new one without the assistance of thumbs, two by four, or real estate agent. In my most recent apartment, I see a spider almost every other day. Or maybe it's the same spider moving from one end of my apartment to the other, which wouldn't be tough, as my home is not a house. So no mouse, no mosquito allowed, but spiders are free to spend the night. Spiders, spiders, Please forgive me for the bloodshed of my youth. I never took any pleasure. Not like the gypsy moths that we used to catch and put in the microwave. Or the frogs that we used to release at the Pear Street intersection, waiting for them to be squashed by couldn't care less Lincoln Town cars.
First heard Walking to Work by the Gummy Stumps. Uh, much thanks to Brother Depp there in Glasgow for flowing that. Kind of hard to find, but uh, that's from their first EP. And uh, Monorail Music in uh, Glasgow there, I know it's one connection. I'll be playing more, though, future shows because I love this band. They're wild. Uh, the guitar man played, uh, he had a bass string too, so he, he was like, the string section, and they had a drummy, and then uh, calling on the singing there. Uh, great band. Uh, then we heard The Spiders, a poem by uh, Frank Spignese. I think that's how you spell it, Spignese. Hope I didn't fuck it up. Uh, I got to meet him in Tokyo. That's where he's been living, and he just put out a new book. Uh, much uh, respect to uh, Mike Kubik there over at Super Deluxe for making the connect. Uh, that's a poem of his called The Spiders. It's also in his book. Uh, it's called The Great Flood. It's a book of poems from him. And uh, very happening cat. Uh, intense. 
And uh, we, 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 we say, plain speaking, we like this, right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Mike says he has hopes that uh, Frank uh, does a spiel with me. <laughs> He's done uh, several uh, interviews with people, Mike told me, and uh, he thought it'd be good if I got in the ring with him. So hopefully that'll happen future maybe like a skype thing huh <laughs> uh then we heard a uh, thousand buddhas of the pure land of base from low frequency and finally horses by dirty beaches which is a uh, great album uh dirty beaches uh you know alex what's the name of the album uh, badlands yeah incredible thing got to play with him in Antwerp and had a good time sharing the stage and getting turned on to his music Righteous Cat um, Thursday was a Stooges gig a makeup gig three months ago we were supposed to play in Hollywood at the Palladium uh, but just before that we were in Romania for the last of the Europe gigs of the summer and Egg broke his foot he broke it in the first song, but kept charging. We did the whole gig, man. I'd never seen anybody work in so much pain, but Ig, you know, he's determined. He wants to do the gig. Much respect to him. Uh, I mean, wild. Maybe I've talked about it on the show, but it was a pretty uh, Olympian effort. But uh, do rigor for Ig because, yeah, he likes to work the gigs and. <laughs> come back here uh it looked like it healed up good because he was dancing and twirling and leaping and singing his heart out uh he went to the deck a few times but that's because he goes all out i i'm pretty sure the foot held up good and uh we got two more gigs uh we're gonna make up the san francisco ones now at the warfield uh, sunday and tuesday but uh I mean, the, the the sound of the Palladium ain't all that good, you know. Uh, but it's better than it was, let's put it that way. I remember when the Minutemen played there with Black Flag and Ramones. Yeah, you could, uh, on the cover of Henry's uh, Get in a Van book, you can see a picture. Speaking of Henry, yeah, I did a dose gig, a benefit. Me and Kay played this thing... Uh, for clean water in Africa Wednesday, and the uh, MC was Hank. So <laughs> good to see Henry again. We, uh, me and Kay took uh, pictures with him against some uh, wall like they do on a on a rug, you know, it's a kind of fancy thing. It was kind of trippy. And we did uh, a few tunes. He did a real good intro, very kind. Hank always is. And... Uh, they provided us with these tiny little lamps. I think we uh, pushed them a little too hard. I uh, didn't mean to, but it was a good cause. We're glad, uh, me and Kay were both glad we were there. And, yeah, our old buddy Hank to hook up again that way. Much respect. You know, December's always a good time for benefits. Any, actually, any time of the year is. Um, getting back to this Hollywood gig with the Stooges uh, opening band uh, well the first cats on was Whitey uh, Kirst who did a lot of years with the Ig in fact played a bunch with the 
man on the drums for these gigs, uh, Larry Mullen, in the 90s. Uh, what did uh, Whitey told me? Yeah, when he met uh, Larry, he was uh, delivering pizzas or something. And uh, it was Whitey who told Larry about them trying out drummers or something. It, a show over the summer I did with Larry when he started uh, filling in for Scotty, who's still healing up. I'll be playing with him again next summer, is the news I'm told. And after Whitey, though, in his trio, anyway, you can go back and listen to Larry Spiel. He uh, uh, has the whole thing there. And interesting about him, he just met his natural ma. And it, well, he hasn't met her yet in person. It, that's going to happen after these gigs. He's going to fly to Atlanta, which is a beautiful thing. Uh he had gotten contact with her over the summer when we were doing gigs together as the Stooges Rhythm Section. But anyway, opening up after Whitey, so I guess middle band, the baloney, baloney spot was a, a great band. <laughs> Speaking of baloney, Les, Les Butcherettes. At the butcher shop, you find baloney. And uh, man, uh, Terry tore it up. Uh, the band is different than last time uh, I shared stage with them. They had uh, a lady drummer, and Omar was on the bass. And uh, so uh, I want to play some music now from uh, both Le uh, Butcherettes. And I guess uh, Omar produced this album, and something from him too. And some other uh, Sergeant House stuff. Let's hear some Tara Malos and some Boris. A lot from Pedro Show. Shine, huh? And what happened to it? Well, what kind of shine was it? 
it disappeared uh, thanks to you. Why me? I don't know, because you're the one that only mentioned it. <laughs>
Watt from Pedro's show. You just heard uh, Boris doing Missing Pieces. Ahead uh, of that was Guy versus DC Sniper by Tara Melos. I heard Nick and uh, Nathan's going to be at the uh, gig tonight. Uh, tonight. Tomorrow night in San Francisco. See some Stooges. I better play good, huh? <laughs> I always got to play good for Stooges. I want to. I try. Uh, before that was uh, Shake is for 8th graders by El Grupo Nuevo de Omar Rodriguez Lopez. So Omar's new band. Man, did I play that one before? I just love the song. So if I did, excuse me. <laughs> it's a trip. He's a trip. He's a great bass player too. Southpaw. Plays a little uh, Stang we were talking about. And uh, started off with uh, Nico's Smooth Talking Mothers by Les Butcherettes. Much respect, Miss Terry. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour of the December 3rd, 2011 Watt for Pedro show. Hold tight for hour two. December 3rd, 2011. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. And now here's a question and answer session during a Workshop by Elvin Jones in Ravenna, Italy, March 11th, 2001. Uh, this was given to me by uh, El Sonio de Manayo, drummer man Andrea Belfi. He was there for a drum workshop with Brother Elvin. He played with John Coltrane. Uh, they say he's part of the classic quartet. Made many, many gigs and recordings with him. And uh, he's just a righteous man. Me and, well, Raymond first to, uh, took me to see him, then me and him seen him a bunch of times because he lived, ended up living in Nagasaki. And so his first gigs would be uh, on the West Coast. This is starting in the 80s when I got to see him. And I uh, saw him many times with Raymond. And I have uh, no higher respect for anyone on the drums, Mr. Elvin Jones. So here he is. The precise question is, if the drums uh, express and express it uh, completely what you are. What do you have? In a certain way, yes. That, that's true. In other words, uh, everybody is higher than than an instrument. <laughs> you are you are more than your 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 drum. You are more than your piano. Yes, because first of all, you are human. Yes, and that's that encompasses a great many things. That means you are. You might be a father, or you're somebody's brother, you're the son of, uh, you're the mother and father, and you know, and it's, it's part of the human family, so, uh, in that sense, related, because we are all uh, human beings, and music is simply a part of the, the expression that, uh, as, in any, as our painting and uh, 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 literature and <laughs> uh, of any 
simply a part of what, of what being a human being is all about, and that is simply or in advancing and developing one's intellect to that extent that you can appreciate uh, the different things that you see and that, and that, and that you hear and that you uh, uh, endeavor to uh, uh, study and be part of an orchestra, if you like, or you can be a, 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 a teach mathematics in a university, or a teach uh, a physics in, uh, or uh, nuclear physics, or astronomy, or whatever you like. I think it's all part of what what it is we do. I'm a percussionist. <laughs> I, I love music. I love, uh, I have, uh, that's my challenge. I've learned it was never, it was not so difficult for me to learn how to play because that's what I always wanted to do. I, I never wanted to. I didn't want to play a piano. I didn't want to play a saxophone. I didn't write it. I just wanted to play drums. So, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No. I, 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 I've talked too much. First of all, I want to apologize for my translation because I don't need that. You don't need what remains after your uh, uh, John Coltrane's experience uh, of that experience? What remains in your music in terms of inspiration and in terms of uh, finding again uh, new things to do? And the second thing is not a, is, is not a question, it's just a say your thanks for a great recording. I think it's not well known uh, around. It's, uh, a great recording uh, with Tommy Flanagan you've done, uh, and it's called uh, uh, Overseas. When you played w one of the most uh, beautiful brushes I've ever, I've ever heard. You know, that was... <coughs> that was the, I, I don't think we, no one ever really stops you know, learning. And, uh, to me, uh, uh, the greater the experience, the, uh, the more that more that the more the possibility of for you to learn from that experience and uh, I think one of the one of my greatest experiences was with uh, John Coltrane and uh, so I learned a great deal and the learning and being able to uh, gift to make a gift of that of that of that of that uh, experience to anyone else uh, is that that's that's what that's what that's what my being able to interpret uh, compositions and to uh, express my interest in, in, in music through uh, the instrument that I play and to, uh, uh, to be as uh, creative and uh, as uh, uh, informative as possible, uh, and, and this is all part of uh, a uh, uh, responsibility that 
is that one accepts when if, if you have it, an exceptional gift. I think I was I was gifted from my family, from my from God, from from wherever uh, <coughs> this ability to uh, to play this instrument. And so it, it was freely given to me, and so I, I feel that I should freely, as, and as often as possible, give as much as I can to anyone else, if you ever can hear it. <laughs> so, and uh, <coughs> the second part of the, of the statement, the question, uh, it wasn't a question, it was a statement, but uh, but I, I, I was I was going to say before, but I, I, I think I articulated it a little bit better. <laughs> that 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 uh, that recording I made with Tommy Flanagan was uh, was made in uh, in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden, in 1957, and that was before. I had the, 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 the opportunity to play with John Coltrane. And I, I learned a lot of, of what I was doing, I suppose, at that, with brushes, was sort of uh, expressing myself as, as if I were, uh, you know, as I used to see Buddy Rich play fantastic drum solos with, with, with brushes. I used to see uh, uh, Joe Jones, you know, we played with uh, Count Basie's band, or Papa Joe Jones. He would play with brushes, he could play anything. Just, and uh, Big Sid Catlett, who was a master, uh, like a, a magician with, with, with brushes. And so I tried to, you know, I thought I could do it too. <laughs> so it was just, uh, I, I, I thought that in, in order to, uh, to, to create the kind of a dynamic balance that's, that, that, that I felt was uh, necessary with just a piano and, and a bass. Uh, and there was no horns or anything, so it really didn't require uh, drumsticks to, 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 uh, to back up to, uh, to create the kind of dynamic that, that was required for, the, for that trio. And Tommy Flanagan was such a delicate uh, pianist, you know, he, very, very good, and it's, it still is. As, yeah. as, 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 uh, and so, yeah, but that was a, it was an just a, an incident. I don't know. Probably, if I hadn't, if I hadn't heard Buddy Rich, or if I hadn't heard Joe Jones, and if I hadn't heard, uh, uh, you know, Sonny Greer and <laughs> Art Blakey and all of these guys. <laughs> I would never have been able to, to do that because they taught me. You know, I, I learned from them. And it was just a matter of being able to carry on with, with that, with the lesson that I've learned, and apply the knowledge in, 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 in within my own, my own context. So that's what it's all about. <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, when I finished 
finished that tour with, uh, in, in, in Sweden with J.J. Johnson and uh, John Blank and all of them, Bobby Jasper and that, that band. And uh, we got back to, to New York and played a few times. We had, I had a fight with J.J. and we, <laughs> so he fired me. <laughs> so, I'm, I went to I went to I come from New Jersey a little club out in the where I went uh, back came back to New York and I was I went to my I live in uh, in the Greenwich Village you know uh, Bleecker Street and Thompson I spent a sixth floor walk up apartment <laughs> and so I was going in there and I I saw one of my my brothers uh, Tom who was he was there in New York and he said. Yes, Tom. Tom John, my brother. Ah. One of my brothers. Uh, <laughs> I have five brothers. Ah. <laughs> anyway, he uh, he uh, he said he asked me. He said, "What's the matter with you?" He said, "You look funny." <laughs> he said, "Come on, let's go out." And so we wanted to walk around in the village and go to a bar and get you know drink and have some fun, you know. So he was going to cheer me up. <laughs> so we started to walk around in the village, and we went from Sixth Avenue and going over to Seventh Avenue. And I, I, I happened to see uh, we passed this club, the Village Vanguard, and uh, Wilbur Ware was standing outside, <clears throat> and he said. Uh, Sonny was look is was waiting for you. <laughs> I said, How can he be waiting for me? You know, he, he's a big liar, you know, a little liar. But he was a lot of fun. He, he said, I want you to come and sit down here, you know, and, and, and play play a play a set with him. And he was gonna play too. So I said, Oh, oh okay. And I said, my brother said, That's a good idea, but I'm in. I said, I, I, he could hear me play, he never seen me play. So I said, well, you can listen to me play. I'll sit in with these guys. So that's how it happened. And when we were playing that, because uh, uh, Pete LaRocca was uh, the drummer, you know, and uh, Donald uh, Bailey was a, was, a, was a bass player from Philadelphia. And uh, <coughs> with the trio dates. Yes. Yeah. He was with, the, that was the trio that Sonny Rollins had. And he wanted Wilbur Ware and I to, to, to sit in on this particular. I thought it was just one one tune, but it said we played the whole set. And I looked around us, and there was uh, the Blue Note uh, management. <laughs> they were recording everything. So that's how that that record happened to be made. It was a, a complete uh, coincidence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, um, how how you feel about the direction of uh, jazz music today, the direction that it's going, um, or you know the, the way things are, or people are playing today and um, in today's time, in the sense of uh, in, in the sense of experimentation. It seems like um, in the past there's, there was more experimentation in the in the direction of the music, and I mean there is now. But it seems it's not uh, supported, I guess, by you know uh, the public. Maybe um, I mean, it, it seems like there's more reflection on on history, and although history is important in the music, I guess it's 
the history is building, you know. There's more history or something now than there was, you know, so there's more to learn before you can experiment. But how do you how do you feel about that? The, uh, the direction of it? Oh <coughs> well Section in anybody's band, he'd play the music, and but when he when it was time for, for his solo, he would play it just yeah. like he was. Yeah. You know. So he started that, and uh, uh, he, he got he, he fired he got fired out of dizzy out of, he fired dizzy because he was throwing spitballs at the, at, <laughs> at his head when he was when he was singing, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so that's how he. Difficult to tell uh, 
where did you get that idea? Yeah. <laughs> you must have heard it someplace, or maybe you didn't, you know. If, and even if you didn't, if, because the atmosphere that, uh, that in which you grew up was that is what was prevailed at that time, and you had your your intellect was was sharp enough to 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 respond to that, yeah. and that's why you learned. That's how you you began to to understand it. Yeah. So that's all that that's all that really happens now is that uh, uh, jazz isn't any different now than it was uh, uh, when James, James P. Johnson was playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds a little different because we're all you know, it's music is everything develops. You know. right. it's musical instrument, you know, drums used to be these drums used to they used to put the tension on these drums with a rope. <laughs> yeah, right, you ever right. see that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like yeah. he put tension. That's the way they used to do it with all of them. Right. And then so uh, yeah. that's changed. Now it's 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 very high. You know, it's a very high tech operation. It's, it's like a, like building an airplane. Titanium. All of this, this yeah, metal on yeah. here is like titanium. Wood is, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a new rim, for instance, is uh, 15 layers of laminated, very uh, thin laminated. It's, it's, hard, it's, it's harder than this steel. Right. It's better. <laughs> it's better than that. Right. And it doesn't bring, it doesn't give it, you don't get these these uh, overtones in the snare drum that normally would, that you would normally hear with a, yeah. a metal rim. Yeah. So there's a lot of improvements being done. Yeah. And it's because of uh, they know, this, the factory of uh, Yamaha built that that snare drum for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it's an, I'm going to let you hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's all. It's about things like that. And it, it, they're very subtle when changes happen. It, it, it doesn't happen so often. Uh, nothing is already, you know, so dynamic or dramatic. It just happens very gradually. Mm -hmm. yes. They would love them to play something good. <laughs> when you well, want. I, you know, I have to wait till my, my, I stop trembling. <laughs> <laughs> trembling? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm nervous. Ah, nervous. Yes. Um, when, uh, you was uh, young. You, uh, when you have uh, decided to to start uh, uh, play the drum. When I was two. Buddy Rich told me he, he started when he was three. Buddy Rich had started when he was three. At least, but he was his, at least he had a set of drums, you know. And he, his mother and father they were they they, they were in Portville Theater, you know. So he was he was uh, performing when he was three years old. <laughs> Is there any uh, album um, of the hundreds you played on? Uh, that you prefer, and if yes, what is 
completely. So he had very little to do because it was already mixed in a, as mono, mono sound in, in, the, in the initial recording. So it always came out very good and the quality was very high. So uh, that was another thing that I, I, I really appreciated that. Because it picked up the drums so beautifully. <laughs> He uh, asked if it could be possible to uh, to add some suggestions by you about uh, from you about uh, uh, the way to keep the time to keep the swing mm -hmm. over the symbol and uh, his uh, uh, request uh, could be if uh, uh, would be good to have any one of us. Playing and you, if you suggest, and I say that you are the chef of the <laughs> of the clinic, and you are who you are. So uh, I think that uh, we we appreciate everything you want to do. Well, I think that's a very good idea. <laughs> the thing is, is that. Uh, that, that, that brings it, the, the, the clinic into the nature of, uh, of uh, a classroom. It's, and it's not, it's not, I'm not giving lessons. It's, um, so we're simply, simply uh, uh, having a dialogue basically about the philosophy of what the instrument is, what, what possibilities exist and how you know, uh, at least some of them, the experiences that I've had uh, uh, and with some of the people that I've, I've worked with who, with whom, from whom I have learned so much. <laughs> and I think that uh, uh, that, the, the, that, 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 that the illustration of one-on-one uh, uh, one -on -one and uh, giving Tips more or less to go down to. And that, that should be reserved for a private session because uh, uh, learning that thing and that kind of is very, it's very sensitive. There are people who have, uh, uh, I don't know what stage of development anyone is in. All I can do is say is that uh, if you find yourself in, in at, at any level, and it really doesn't matter which, which level. When you find yourself, then it's then you you, you either, either you have a friend. Everybody has a friend that they that they talk to or they study with. Sometimes you know, I know I did. I was, you know, I, I probably learned more from a, from a, a, a friend of mine who was uh, he. He didn't even want to play. He was the best drummer I ever saw in my life, and he didn't. He cared. He could care less about music. He wanted to be, and he is a, he's a, ge a geological engineer. <laughs> he wants to go down in the, in the ground and find oil or rocks or whatever. <laughs> you know, that's all he wants to do. And he's, a, and he's the great. He's the best drummer I ever saw in my life. He could, he, he could take a, you know, take a party. He tell, we listened to a recording, and I said, he says, Max, he said, now you're going to watch this, this is what he's going to do. And he tell me, it's all of the rudiments that he's playing, and now he's playing this sequence, and, 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 and he, 
and he'd turn the record player off and, and he'd do it, you know, on a practice pad. I said, I, <laughs> so it just made me feel sick, you know. <laughs> I said, okay, he played like this and he doesn't even want to play drums. <laughs> so that was like, you know, I, that's why I, I sort of, uh, I, I, I can show you in another way that what, I, what, what that what that means, but not by illustrating and demonstrating with with someone who is not uh, who may be shy. You know, like other people. <laughs> people are, you know. I am myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could ask questions all day, but I'm trying to put it all into this one. So, <laughs> so, so um, I have a question about um, concepts that you deal with, and uh, if if there's some now that have changed. But I just read, I think I read, um, or I've heard, or something. I don't know if they even valid, but um, about two con. Let's see, yeah, two concepts that that you have dealt with uh, in the past, and. Um, one is uh, a concept of like painting, I guess. Um, I don't know if, if that's uh, something. It was a concept that I read. I think about. Um, I don't know if you. I think the thing said maybe you close your eyes and you you, you know try to imagine uh, the sounds as colors or something. And you know, well, that was uh, that was. Uh, 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 Documentary. Oh, yeah, I, okay, maybe that's what I said. Okay. I, a friend of mine made, you know, took us, uh, you know, he was, going to, he was going to Columbia University for, you know, in the, in the cinematography. Yeah. And he, he took, it took five years to do that. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, so, but eventually he got to a point where he got, he, he, he got, got the grants and, uh, he, you know, get, and, and to, uh, you know, he could, Get enough money to buy the film and rent the cameras and you know and get, you know and he, but most mostly he had all of his friends were just would help him you know he didn't have to you know they did it for for nothing yeah he, that was introduced as plastic heads and first he started with uh, with uh, Saul Goodman who I uh, had who was a percussionist with the you know, New York Philharmonic Orchestra and Saul. <clears throat> He, he he gave him uh, to, to experiment with his with the plastic heads for his timpani, and he came back. You know, he had, they made a, a world tour with the, with the, with the Philharmonic, and he uh, and he came back. He said that they played outside, they played inside. He said the head stayed. You know, with, with the consistency of the, the, the tension was always there. He said, I didn't have to worry about the you know the. the uh, moisture or any of that so that's what that's what began to make this plastic heads very popular and because uh, most of the uh, some philharmonic uh, uh, percussionists began to use them and then it spread to and uh, the, the drum companies began to stock as, as basic stock for, uh, for when you bought one, when one would buy a, a set of drums that, it would have plastic heads on it instead of cap heads, <laughs> so it sort of changed. It or it sort of very very rapid change from uh, <coughs> one technology to another. <laughs>
Well, that's a, sort of a history of uh, <laughs> this, uh, this head, drum head technology. <laughs> but I still tend to
for instance, the, the, the Zildjian Summer Company uh, has been, they've been uh, <coughs> making symbols in, in the United States for 375 years. Questi sono gli altri Zildian che sono 375 anni che vengono fatti in, in America. And uh, they're, they're originated in, in uh, Istanbul, Turkey. And so, and that's where the, the Zildjian family originally, their, their, their origins from, from uh, Turkish Armenian, I believe is the, the background. And they all, um, they've been, I don't know, maybe making symbols. Have you probably made symbols for Genghis Khan? <laughs> 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 Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. So the history is vast and, and it stretches back into uh, the history of the world in, in, that, in, that, in that sense. Mm -hmm. that, 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 what I know is that uh, I, when I began to My teacher, for instance, in, 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 in uh, middle school, was uh, a percussionist uh, for that. Uh, he studied percussion at the University of Michigan. So uh, when he uh, he got got his degrees and began to teach teach school. I was fortunate enough to be taught in the school that I went to, and that made, <laughs> made me a very lucky young man. And uh, he was, he's told me that, uh, and, and uh, when they make, uh, 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 he was involved in a, in a project at, uh, at, in uh, uh, making a sound, a, a film soundtrack in, uh, in Hollywood. And this is, they said they needed a certain a sound, uh, a tone. They could only, said, uh, they tried all kinds of ways. And they, they went to the Zildjian company and they, they got a block of metal. It's just a, a rectangular block of metal. And, uh, and that was the sound that they needed for this this uh, orchestration and the, and the soundtrack. And that's what the, so from that point, I was, I, it made me very interested in the most important aspect of the symbol, which is the sound. And uh, so that, uh, from that point on, I've always, you know, when I, I couldn't afford to have, I didn't have a symbol myself, you know. <laughs> I used the symbols that belong to the school. I used symbols that belonged to the army here when I was in the, in the, in the army and I, I used everybody's symbols but my own because I didn't have any money I couldn't buy anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, when I finally got to the point where I could, I could purchase symbols, when I bought a set of drums, I bought, uh, uh, the, the symbols did that. They used to give, give a, a set of symbols with it with a drum set if you pay for them. And then you get a, the drum cases, you get the, the, the high, all the stands, and they give you cases for the cymbal bags and all kinds of things. And uh, of course, 
the symbols were free. And uh, the ones that I had were the Zildjians here, or K Zildjians, I think they're probably the best symbols that you could ever find. Uh, they were available at that, at that particular time. And uh, it took, I just, uh, I would, I would, I, I, I would hit them constantly, you know, just being. I, I didn't have any, it was always, I didn't have rivets or anything. I just, when you strike, strike a symbol, it always, you hear a bing, bing, it's like a wave, you know, a sound wave. And, and the way to, uh, to get the most of the, of the the, the, the tone quality from the symbol is to be able to hear that that the the, uh, the depth of that of that sound wave and be able to. So the vibrations have to work up to the point where you can where you uh, where the where the where the where the, where the, the depth is, is is shorter and shorter. So it sort of allows you to to to. Uh, Accelerate the, the speed. You can play it as fast as you like, because the the, the depth of that that sound wave is already is always there, and that's what you if you can hear that, you can play, you know get that play into the trial or more or less, you know, into that groove, and that's where you get the best quality of the tone from from the sound. <laughs> How, how do you how do you start to play the rivets? Or, or why or um, how long? Oh, uh, uh, I heard I had a you know the uh, the the old K K company K used to uh, used to make a very very what they call uh, a paper thin symbol. It was generally uh, 22 inches in the, in the diameter, and um, it was very thin, and it had a, it had a sound uh, uh, similar to, to, that, uh, to the last, uh, the, la the last lingering sound of the of the of that of that of that rivet vibrate that vibration on the rivet, and. Uh, so I, 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 I got, uh, I had one of those symbols, you know, at least, I, it wasn't blown, me and blown to the, to the army, <laughs> you know what I mean? but I used it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it got, uh, it, uh, it was, I, I put it, you know, it was very fragile, and uh, it broke, you know, it, uh, it split, and I, you know, I, I kept playing it anyway. <laughs> And it seemed like the sound would get, it was better, you know. <laughs> and, and, and the only thing that, I, the closest thing that I could get to that, and, and I heard, uh, of course, what they call a Chinese uh, symbol, which is sort of, it, it's, it seems that only it curves up, it's like a, like a hat with a, a brim that curves up. And uh, that has a sound similar to this as well. So uh, rather than, I just didn't like the way <clears throat> uh, uh, to carry a Chinese symbol, you know, I, that means 
where are you going to put it? I, you know, I would. <laughs> or if, you, if I thought if you put it in a, a curve like that, it wouldn't fit. You know, the other symbols wouldn't fit on it. You know, so, where am I going to put the thing? So I, you know, I thought I said, well, I'll just. Uh, it, it's, it's easier to just drill some holes and uh, and uh, use the symbol like that, and uh, and it got the same effect, the same the tone that I was looking for. And of course, uh, it, it, it varies with uh, this, this, these ones, this, this, is, this happens to be uh, 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 eight rivets in the, in, around the circumference of this. Uh, you can do it easily with six or even five, you know, it really doesn't matter. It depends on, uh, see these are what they call uh, uh, a two-pound rivet. <laughs> so uh, the rivets are, I know, are just, uh, 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 the expo, a, a pound of them, you know, uh, and, and it's very light, but uh, you get them in two-pound bag, a, a bag that's, uh, that weighs two pounds, and it's full of these rivets. That's why they call it two-pound rivets. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, don't, don't ask me why. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, that, uh, I, 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 I just, I got used to, accustomed to this sound, and uh, I know that uh, I found that playing with, uh, uh, sometimes we'll meet with, with trumpet, trumpet players uh, that, uh, that muted, uh, when they mute the, the horn, like uh, Miles Davis used to do, and, and trumpet players like uh, Dizzy Gillespie and, uh, who use, could use mutes and, uh, very effectively. This, uh, for some reason, the, the rivet and the mute were a perfect match, you see. And uh, so for that reason, I always kept at least one that I could, uh, in case the, a, a trumpet player would, had, had, wanted to play with his mute and I just said, okay, I'll change the symbol, I'll play with uh, my rivet symbol. <laughs> but it sounds, uh, it's, it's a subdued sound, it's not, uh, uh, it had nothing to do with the volume, it's just a, it's a quality of tone that uh, uh, I think it's, it's, it's easy to, uh, to listen to when, when, when and, and blend it into a, an orchestra, a, a woodwinds or brass, or a combination of that. So, sorry. Long speech. I'm putting a lot of pressure on it.
Watt from Pedro Show. And uh, you heard for most of the second hour there a question and answer session with the incredible drummer man, Elvin Jones, uh, March 11th, 2001, 10 years ago. And uh, the man who was at that workshop in Ravenna, Italy, where it took place, was Andrea Belfi, as a more younger man. And uh, right after we heard Elvin talk, uh, we heard a project of Andrea's called uh, Hobo Combo and them doing Stamping Ground, a tribute to Moondog. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour of December 3rd, 2011. Watt from Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. December 3rd, 2011. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with a big old jam there. Uh, that's from the album, and that's the story of jazz. Uh, a tune called Nagoya One, which is probably uh, like the first part of the gig there, Nagoya. This is from a live album. I've already played uh, the second and third part from Nagoya. There's another disc with uh, Kyoto and um, what's the other town? Hanamaki. We'll get to that in future shows. But that was uh, Jim O'Rourke, brother Jim O'Rourke with Mr. Akira Sakata. And they were joined by uh, Chica Marachi, which is a rhythm section composed of Chris Corsano and Darren Gray. Righteous stuff. I got to do a, a gig once with uh, Mr. Kira Sakata, Mr. Jim O'Rourke, and I, I kind of choked. Pikachu from uh, Afriampo was on the drums, and yeah, I got scared. <laughs> oh, what a baka. Anyway, I saw last week a gig uh, in Pedro here at the at the ballet school, and Todd Conj was playing, Todd Conjolier, and so it made me think of, let's, I want to play a whole bunch of Todd Conjolier music. Here he is. My boy won't try any wrong thing. My girl won't catch any flus. My star won't start as a long day. My heart is gullible too. I won't change the stations. I won't brag the nations. I'll make them make the creation. Cause it's there, it's a nation.
Much respect to Brother Todd. Uh, check out recessrecords.com. His label's got lots of good stuff. We first heard him with Toys That Kill here with uh, Feed Chip Toys. No, Feed Chip. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then Battery Low after that from his uh, Clown Sound solo album. Then we heard him with uh, Underground Railroad to Candyland, a tune called That I Do Not Know. That I Don't Know. That I Don't Know. That I Don't Know. But it's spelled Dunno. And finally, uh, question mark, Stoned at Heart. That's got uh, Baby Jess singing. And yeah, he was kicking up much dust. And everybody there, Bon Bon played, and some cats from Indiana. Their name slips me, but it was a good time. Um, Here's some stuff from Italy, speaking of Brother Andrea.
Where? Well.
Juan from Pedro's show, and uh, from Terracina, Italy, Manlio and his uh, trio Neo doing Good Morning from his new album, uh, the incredible guitar man, Manlio. Big respect. And then uh, Sagatti's got something new. Uh, this, that was called uh, Propaganda Blows. Uh, three of them are Italian. One guy is Solemn from, uh, God, where is he from? Bay Area of California? Uh, I got to do the Hand of Man band thing with him in Texas last year. That's coming out in March now, I've heard. John Dietrich and Tim Barnes also aboard. Wild record. Then we uh, heard something from, uh, this ain't from Italy. Her, her name's uh, Sierra in Action. Kind of CIA acronym, huh? You 2 Live, something at uh, this festival out in the desert. Joshua Tree or something. And then uh, finally, Living Room by the Forest via The Captain. So uh, I know it's somewhere in the U.S., but I don't know exactly where. <laughs> Sorry, but good stuff. Uh, coming through town is Realization Orchestra, a friend of uh, Heather Lockie. So we'll play something from them and uh, Heather.
Stole my 
darling girl will feel the bite of my forty-four. Corn whiskey has wrecked my body. A false lover is bearing on my mind. show uh, finishing up uh, this edition was a realization by the realization orchestra uh, that's a buddy of uh, heather locky who did a tune right after that uh false-hearted lovers blues something live from her and her uh, viola um, not a lot of spiel for me because i felt so self-conscious in the first part all that stumble talking. So, uh, sorry about that. We'll have a good uh, rap. When I got somebody bounce off, it's a little easier. And uh, next week we'll be back with Brother Matt and uh, we'll hopefully have our guest, Nicole Panner, who's had an interesting, or is on an interesting journey through life. She'll get to talk about that. Uh, I'm going to go up to San Francisco and play these two Stooges gigs with everything I got. Get to see Richard fucking Bonnie, too. 
That's righteous. It's been the December 3rd, 2011 Watt from Pedro show. (laughs) Everybody, keep your powder dry.